since I've been on here, been busy getting stuff done. I'm actually writing a book right now uh, called The Generosity Experiment. If you've listened to some of the previous episodes, you've listened to some of the topics that I am writing about in there, and that's just been a really cool experience to be able to get that out there and almost kind of therapeutic in a way where I've been able to get down on paper the things that have been gnawing at me and, and things that I feel like need to be shared. Today's episode is actually something that's been on my mind for quite some time and I go back and forth on sharing things that I want, like what I want to share today because um, the, the story that drives home the point that I want to make the most is a somewhat political one and I don't want this to be a political podcast so I've hesitated this but I've come to the point now where I feel like it's just something I want to share and you guys can take what you want from it. Um, I'm not trying to teach you or tell you how to believe politically or philosophically, but this is just more about my journey and what I've come to, and hopefully you can get the principle of the idea that I'm sharing today, and hopefully it does something for you in your own life. So I just want to start back, give you a little bit of history about my growing up. So growing up, I come, I live in a conservative, I grew up in a conservative place in a conservative family. Um, patriotism was always kind of a big thing. And it was always kind of one of those things where the Pledge of Allegiance was always something that was done. Um, it was, it was not a, you know, it was just, something that you just did and it was a way to display your patriotism and it you know and then I never questioned that I never questioned the Pledge of Allegiance I just always took pride stood tall put my hand on my heart and recited the Pledge of Allegiance because I was told by my teachers and by the adults that that's how you show that you're grateful for the blessings that this country afforded you and I bought into that full heartedly. And it, and then, you know, recent years, over the last 10, 20 years, it feels like the Pledge of Allegiance has been coming under attack. You know, the, the media, it's been used really as a political volleyball where we push it back and forth as something to argue about in the political media. You know, we talk about taking God out of it, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, whether we don't. There's a lot of schools. My kids are in school. They take real pride in reciting the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Some schools don't do it anymore because they don't feel like it's right. So there's this big argument in the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, I am actually a scout leader for the local scouts in our area. And one of the requirements is to talk about the history of the Pledge of Allegiance. And I, as I was doing my due diligence on the Pledge of Allegiance and figuring out the history of it and why we have it and what it is, 
it became very apparent to me that the Pledge of Allegiance was not what I thought it was. The Pledge of Allegiance was not this founding document that was inspired of great men to to be able to for us to to have as something to guide us as a beacon of hope in our um you know in our future of freedom and and whatever else we stand for and so as i was as i was doing it i i realized that number one being a conservative I had no idea that the Pledge of Allegiance was actually written by a ba- by a man named Francis Bellamy, and he was actually a socialist preacher. So, if you would have asked me growing up if I was a socialist, I would have been like, you know, with my you know fingers crossed, saying, "No, I'm not a socialist. I that's of the devil, right? Socialism bad." But yet, I was reciting this pledge that was written by a socialist preacher and not only that you know i had just assumed that the pledge of allegiance was probably something that was written around the same time as the constitution and the declaration of independence and all of our other founding documents right well that's not true either it wasn't until about the late 1800s was when Francis Bellamy was going around to different countries trying to get them to adopt the Pledge of Allegiance. It was generic. It was made generic for all countries. Um, and so it, it was interesting that I thought that. The, in fact, the original form of the Pledge of Allegiance was, I pledge allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Notice, there's no God in there. There's no reference to God at all. And then in 1923, the words, the flag of the United States of America were added. So now it read, I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So still, in 1923, no reference to God. But in 1954, so this is... You know, 70 years ago, not that long ago in our history, 1954, in response to the communist threat of the times, President Eisenhower encouraged Congress to add the words under God. And the reason why, one of the widely accepted reasons why they wanted to add it under God is because it would galvanize the American people to support this communist threat of the Nazis who were godless and we are under God. So we are on this crusade to go and help them. So we would get behind the war efforts. So God wasn't put in there because of some revelation to, to some inspired man. It was put in there to galvanize, to manipulate the American people to, to view ourselves as something that was worthy of going into a war. So then we have the, the, Pledge of Allegiance, as it reads today, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So that version of the Pledge of Allegiance did not even occur until 1954. Well, so 
as I tell you that, not because I don't want you to believe in the Pledge of Allegiance and not because I don't feel necessarily that it's this thing that you shouldn't stand up for, but after I realized that this wasn't some divinely instituted um, document, like I believe the Constitution and the, and the Declaration of Independence to be, I started questioning everything. And so I broke down what the Pledge of Allegiance actually means. I pledge allegiance. That means I promise to align myself with a republic and what that republic stands for. Well, the problem with that is, is I actually don't. There's a lot of things that our republic does that I don't agree with and that I don't like. And heaven forbid one day our republic does something that is grossly, you know, malaligned or dis I disagree with. I am not going to pledge my allegiance to that. But I see, as we even start kids in kindergarten starting doing the Pledge of Allegiance, what there in, is ingrained in them, that patriotism and God are intertwined, and America and godliness are all one. But I, but doing the research on this and learning what I knew, learn and the questions that I ask, I don't believe that that's always necessarily true. And I'm not going to uh, pledge my allegiance to any country. My pledge is, uh, the only allegiance that I'm going to pledge to is God and his principles. And if my country that I happen to belong to is adhering to those principles, then I will follow them. You know, one of the other things, too, that this opens up is you always hear people praying. And when they pray, they always pray for the armed forces and for the president of the United States. But as we look at our world and we know that we are all children of God, at least that's what I personally believe, shouldn't we be praying for all military to find peace and safety? And shouldn't we be praying for all leaders even the dictators to be inspired and to be able to make choices that are not just best for their country, but are best for the world. But somehow we get tunnel vision because we want to believe that we, our leaders somehow deserve more blessings. Or we just forget that the other leaders need blessings or that other people, our brothers and sisters in other countries, need the same prayers offered in their behalf. Maybe we figure, hey, you know what? Their countrymen will be praying for them. Well, God is a God of all of us. He cares about all of us equally. So it's our responsibility to pray for everyone, right? Well, so the reason I bring up this, the Pledge of Allegiance, is because this is the most recent event in my life of, of a, an example of believing what someone else tells us that we should. You know, the Pledge of Allegiance, the idea of the Pledge of Allegiance was a little bit shattered for me, to be honest. And I don't view it as the same as I did now because I've asked myself the question, you know, and, and the, the question I have for you is do ask yourself enough when you are doing something, especially something that's important that, that dictates the things that you believe. Are you asking yourself why? Why do I believe this? Where did this come from? Who told me I needed to believe this way? Is it from a parent, an adult, some other authority like the media, the news, from the bombardment of marketing that we get to us to tell us to believe or think a certain way? And I often thought my teachers knew everything. And the older I get, the realize that my teachers didn't know nearly what I thought they did. And they didn't really deserve nearly the authority that I gave them, nor does, did any adult. 
And the older I get, the more I realize that adults are just guessing most of the time. And when they're not guessing, the things that they say most of the time are, are belief systems that they created when they were young and that they were told by their parents or their teachers or the culture of their time. And so they're just passed down. And what it provides us is a very comfy, cozy place in an, in an invisible prison. We're laying in there and we think, you know, I, yeah, I believe in this and I believe in freedom and I believe this and that. And all this, these other things that we have decided that we believe in, but they're not even our beliefs. They're things that we've been told we should do, so we do. True freedom only exists when you come up with your own conclusions. And you have your own convictions for your reasons why you do things. Until you have those convictions that you believe why you're doing what you're doing for the purpose that you're doing it for, you're allowing yourself to stay in an invisible prison that you don't deserve to be in. We weren't designed to live that way. We were designed to be curious, to ask questions, to challenge authority. Next time your kids ask you a million reasons of why this and why that, take the time to ask the same questions yourself. Explore the answers together and come up with your own conclusions. Don't let the media, marketing, different authority, politicians, whatever it is, don't let those things dictate what your conclusions are and therefore dictate what your dreams and your goals and your beliefs are. Thanks for letting me rant today. I appreciate your time. And if you guys have any any desire to connect with me, feel free to leave a message here or go to my um, website, jasonlinford.com. Leave me a message. I'd love to connect. You can find me on also on Facebook, my Facebook page at Jason Linford. And we can connect there and continue to have these conversations. Thanks for listening today, and we'll catch you next time. listening to the Empowered Life Podcast. Podcast. Feeling inspired and want more of Jason? Be sure to visit jasonlinford.com or come say hi on Facebook at Coach Jason.